And here's the pitch. It's Matt Wyatt with all the good stuff you need to know. Here we go. Let's roll. How you feeling on a Tuesday, huh? How are you feeling on a Tuesday? That goes for everybody who's, uh, well, that, that question is for anyone not a New York Jets fan. Okay, how are you feeling on a Tuesday here on September 12th, 2023? Welcome into the show in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. Your hometown heroes at your local Farm Bureau Insurance agents. Your hometown heroes. Get on in here today. Anything goes. We'll we'll see where we, yeah, you know what we get to. I will be honest. All right, yesterday's show on Monday. It it, it was a reaction Monday. It was a lot of fun. Okay, and it, we were all over the place as you could imagine on a Mondays because it was our first one this fall. Not only since college ball started, but you had an NFL weekend to consume too. So it was just like. I mean, if we were just everywhere for two solid hours, and it went by really quickly. And then you get done, and you're like, hey, what did we talk about? It's not like we tried to talk about everything. It's just it was fun. It was a reaction Monday. But I wouldn't say that we thoroughly covered one subject or any subject, for that matter, on yesterday's show. Maybe that's the best way to go. That said, if y'all want to do you know, a little deeper dive on anything today. I'm up I'm up for it. Just let me know what it is you want to get into. And you can do that by being a part of the show. It's the same as grabbing a chair, pulling up to the table, plopping down here. I'll even pour you some hot coffee in your cup from High Point Roasters in New Albany, Mississippi. Roasted right here at home. It's the best. Go to highpointroasters.com. And uh, drop me a comment on the text line. Uh, leave one. Leave a comment there on the uh, Murray West live thread on the live stream. Hey to y'all. Or you can call me as well on the Divinity phone. So let me give you those options, all right? First of all, if you're on the live stream, hey to you, Facebook, YouTubers, good to see y'all. Type in a comment. Drop it right there. I'll see it here on the Murray West live thread. Go to murraywest.com. Contract embroidery company right here in Mississippi since 1996. Custom apparel. If you need a logo on it, that's who you go see. You don't even need details. A logo on it. It can be clothing, apparel, just about anything. Trust me, go there first. Find people and the best stuff and the best job. You're going to see it right there. Go to murraywest.com. So drop a comment. Coming to yours, uh, Kobe and Sven and Chuck and David and Reggie and everybody who's already in on the live stream. Also, text me on the Country Pleasing text line. That number, 885-3776. 601 number, 885-3776. That's the country-pleasing text line. Country-pleasing sausage on grocery store shelves all around the southeast. It's the finest sausage you're going to ever get. And let me tell you, I told you yesterday that I'm out. I ran out. I ate the last of my package of jalapeno and cheddar sausage yesterday morning. Failed to pick some up. So my day did not get off to the to the right start that it normally does. <laughs> I didn't consume it, and Drug Dog is rubbing my nose in it here a little bit on the Country Pleasing text line because he is there. He sent me a picture. It's one of those half selfies. It's cooler for us guys, isn't it, when we do a selfie when we only see half our face? <laughs> he sent me one of those half selfies. I can see an eyeball, and that's it. But right over his shoulder there 
you can turn left and go to the butcher shop, and all the truck drivers can go around the other end. And there's the big red hog, country pleasing brand. He is at Country Meat Packers on Highway 49 in Florence and says just picked up the new jalapeno and pepper jack sausage. That's got a little pineapple in it also. So, Drug Dog, I'm going to need a full review, and I'm glad you're down there. Tell him I said hey. But be like him, text the show, 885-3776. And call me. Don't you want to talk? See, like if you call the show, not only do I get to hear your voice and everybody listening gets to hear your voice and you will chat it up, but you get to talk to Beaver. All you got to do is call the Divinity phone, 995-1059. That's a 601 number also, 995-1059. You get to talk to Beaver first. Who didn't want to do that? Hey, Beaver. Hey, Matt White. Happy Tuesday to you, sir. Did you see what happened to Aaron Rodgers last night? How could you help not to? Yeah. Were you watching it live when it happened? Yeah. I missed it, Beaver. Man, I don't even know. I can't even remember why or for what reason I missed it when it actually happened live. I think what I was doing... Okay, so we got food, right, and um, brought it home. And we were eating, and, and it was I had planned all this out. Like, I can't wait to eat my dinner and watch this football game on Monday Night Football. And it was one of those things where I just, I had an ADD night, <laughs> Beaver, where I couldn't stop thinking of things I needed to get up and do. And after I got done eating, the game's going on. I had to go into the office and do a few things, and I was working on some stuff for a film study, and I came back. Next thing I look on the TV, and they're walking into the locker room. I'm like, he's already hurt? So I missed it live and saw all the replays. Beaver, describe for me your reaction as you were watching him when all that went down last night. I well, my first you know thought was, oh, this entire off season I've heard nothing but this story. Mm-hmm. So for him to be hurt already, this is crazy. But I couldn't figure out it didn't look that bad live and on the replays which they showed replay after replay and replay of it it didn't look that bad like a lot of times you can tell mm-hmm. you yeah. can tell immediately yeah. but i didn't think it was going to be that bad you know last night mm-hmm. that's it yeah they, same for me i see him walking in the locker room he's limping and i'm thinking if they're taking him straight to the locker room it can't be good right and he's limping, and then they show the replay of what happened. I'm trying to look what happened, and I'm going, well, which which leg was? I can't even tell which leg he hurt, right? But everybody has slowed it down now, and they put it out on social media where you could basically see his Achilles pop, which is just terrible to think about right there in the moment. And an old guy like him. Now, look, I realize I'm much older than he is, but for NFL players, he's old, right? That's what I mean, for an, for an older player like him. You just got to wonder, is this something you come back from at all? At all. I don't know. Now, they did win the game in dramatic fashion. Had the walk-off punt deal, punt return deal. Uh, Joe Mailman pointing this out on the country-pleasing text line said, on the 22nd anniversary of 9-11, the New York Jets scored 22 points in the win. Isn't that something? Also, did y'all see the picture that was circulating? You know, they had the storm that came through there the last two days in New York, and um, they even had, uh, like, severe weather at the stadium at MetLife in New Jersey last night, and the fans who were already there had to go out of the stadium and, like, in the concourse and stuff. And so a lot of rain. 
Well, anyway, you see the picture circulating around where yesterday on September 11th, there was this very, just very clear double rainbow, complete rainbow, one side to the other, arch over the city of New York. Like somebody took the picture, lots of them floating around out there. Pretty incredible, huh? Yeah, all that happened yesterday. So thanks for texting that in. Denzel on the country pleasing text line says, As much as it pains me to say, given his age, I think Aaron Rodgers may decide to retire after the season given this injury. I mean, that's what everybody's expecting. Now, I I will say this too, Denzel. Those guys like Brady, Rodgers, Favre, Montana, Marino, Elway, all these kind of, you know, these guys who we always fail to we judge all these other parts of their game and their ability. We fail to always recognize that part of the thing that's gotten them where they are is they are the most competitive people on the planet. And if you were to spend any time around them, it would absolutely drive you crazy how competitive they are in everything. And people like that, you start telling them they're too old and they can't do something, it motivates them to do it. <laughs> and so we forget that sometimes. But he may have no choice, too. I mean, that's the other thing about it, right? Like, if the, depending on how your body heals up, you may not have no choice. But I will just throw this out there, Denzel, on that note. And I know, look, y'all, I'm a guy in Mississippi, and the entire world's talking about this thing, and it's a giant echo chamber of Jets and Aaron Rodgers. Y'all probably sick to death of it. So we'll, we'll, we'll flip that switch and feel free. But I'll just throw this out there. I know he's older. Okay, but it's not an upper body thing. It's not a back thing. If he heals that thing up, it's not like he depends on super-duper mobility in his game anyway. He's always been a great athlete, but if he heals it up, are there NFL teams who would love to have him throwing passes to their receivers next year versus what their options are? (laughs) Yeah. I think there are. So, I, you know... I would put it more 50-50 on the whole thing of him coming back or return. It's just a matter for him of does he want to do it. If he wants to come back and play, he will have an option to do so for sure. All right, let me see here. Let me see what we got. Jason out in Flagstaff, Arizona, on the Country Pleasing text line says, it's funny seeing the same state folks, especially – online and podcasters who expected state to just up and run Arizona off the field, bending themselves into pretzels to avoid admitting they were wrong and about Arizona being terrible. <laughs> yeah, Jason, I, you know, I got to give Jason credit for one year since that game last year. He's been saying, you know, hey, they're getting better out here. And he's in a place where he's getting more news about them and hearing more, maybe even seeing them more, than paying attention to them more than we do, okay? And so he saw them last year. He talked about, you know, improvement. I knew about it. And he's been telling us, this game may be tighter than you think. You know, State over there going through a transition offensively, which that did prove to be a factor in that game. They improved their defense. They They do have really fine receivers. They've got some offensive tackles who are going to play in the NFL, no doubt. At least one receiver who's a legit prospect. And um, they got a couple of guys on defense, too, who are going to play NFL football. They're, they're, 
they improved their defense in the portal, so they came in there a little bit better. But the other the other side of that is they are, but given the fact that state defense forced them into five turnovers, fact is we felt like well the game shouldn't have been close, and I think that's fair, and so that's what I'm saying, Jason. Even to those people, you know, for them not on the back end of this to say the game shouldn't have been close because of the five turnovers, that's fair. You know, and if State's offense has a good day, then it wouldn't have been close. But they didn't. You know, they had less than 300 yards of total offense in four quarters. That's a, that is not a good day. You didn't run very many plays. So Arizona is better than those people were giving them credit for. And, Jason, to your credit, you were pointing that out for a long time. I, I can testify to that. Nick says, put in put the mustache in a Jets jersey. Oh, yeah, okay. So you're talking about Gardner Minshew. Yeah, so are they going to play with Zach Wilson the rest of the way? Or are the Jets going to trade for somebody? Maybe they'll trade for Minshew. I will say I would say that Gardner Minshew would be an immediate upgrade over Zach Wilson. I thought Zach Wilson was going to be good, but he's not. He um what he goes in there last night, 14 of 21. 140 yards passing, a touchdown, and a pick. Uh, the running back had a big day. They got a good football team, don't they? <laughs> the Jets actually have a good team. They were building that thing to put a team around them and have a chance, certainly a defense. You know, it's like the Jets were trying to do what the Broncos did when they went and got Peyton Manning. And that is, you got this guy who can lead your team and lead your offense, but don't put the whole thing on him at this point. Let's give him a great defense and just let him game manage. Um his way to a title. That's what they're fixing to do. They put a great defense together. So they have a good team. And at what? And so I don't know what the contract situation is. I know Minshew's up there backing up a rookie who he threw it around a little bit, but still he's a rookie quarterback who who knows if he's going to stick or be any good long term. And I'm sure the Colts don't want to get rid of Gardner Minshew. He's their safety blanket, but if if Minshew were in, the, you know, if they did a deal and went and got him, he's a he's an immediate upgrade. May do really well with that roster and that defense. All right, um, Tim, your text about the offense. I'm going to come back to it. Um, and so before I go any further, I need to say hey to folks over here on the Murray West live thread. Go to murraywest.com. That's M-U-R-R-Y, murraywest.com. See what I'm talking about. It's a Mississippi company who's doing a uh, phenomenal job handling the uh, custom apparel and embroidery for places like, you know, Ole Miss, Ole Miss Athletics, uh, Genteel, others. Great company that's right here in the state of Mississippi. And they'll help you too. Whether I mean, whether it's your business, your company, your, your church, your brand that you need, your logo on apparel, on things, that's where you go. All right, so on the Murray West live thread, who do we have? Kobe, hey Matt, prediction on State and LSU. Well, I think LSU, you know, certainly um, probably has a a personnel advantage in in some ways. Have recruited at a higher level across the board, and they have continuity on both sides of the ball. And that's something State doesn't. You know, State's going into its third game on this offense. This is about the what 16th or 17th game. 
for LSU in that offense with that quarterback and those kinds of things. So they have an advantage in that way. And I'll tell you this, Kobe, if you just listen around, State's got no chance. (laughs) You can't find anybody that says State has a chance to win the game. I actually think State does have a chance to win the game if they get some explosive plays on offense and and win the special teams. And when you got Tulu Griffin and Xavion Thomas, you're capable of winning the special teams. So if you do those, you might have a chance to win the game. I think they had a chance. Sven on the Murray West live thread mentions uh, Mississippi State safety Jacoby Albert uh, out for the season. We talked about that yesterday. The Kentucky transfer uh, is out for the year. Uh, and then he's got some recruiting news, looks like. He says uh, State has beat out SEC rivals for key in-state target four-star defensive lineman Terrence Hibbler. Okay, good deal. Good deal. Take everybody's word on that. I hadn't seen him play. I love seeing those guys play, but I have a hard time trusting somebody else's evaluation until I get to see him. <laughs> Maybe I should have been a coach. Chuck says, did anyone else hear about the Delta State versus who? Cowan, Chowan game being stopped early because of a brawl. I didn't hear anything about it. You got a link? Send it to me. I'd like to know. David on the uh, Murray West live thread. He's on YouTube. He just gave us an all caps. Hail State! Um, Reggie said, keep your phone on. The Jets need a quarterback. Let me tell you something now. If they call me, I would say yes in a heartbeat. I'd go up there, run two or three plays in practice. I'm so out of shape. I would try to avoid weigh-in. <laughs> I tell them, hey, let me run for a week, and then I'll, then I'll, you know, do weigh in. Ain't call nobody's calling me anymore. They are not calling me, <laughs> for sure. Um, Jared gave us a hello there. He's on uh, the Murray West live thread on Facebook. Uh, Will comments on YouTube says, "Yeah, Matt, uh, if you get a call from New York, it's probably Robert. Is it Sal? Do you say Sala or Sela? How do you say his last name?" He said it's probably him calling for the Jets. Chuck, I agree. He says losing Aaron Rodgers like that after three plays is the most Jets thing imaginable. Isn't it is absolutely incomprehensible to think that that would have to happen after that offseason and all that stuff and hard knocks and all of that. I mean, it is you cannot you, you talk about truth being stranger than fiction. Nobody would even suggest that that was actually going to happen like that. But if you knew a Jets fan, man, give him a hug. You believe it. I just cannot believe it. All right, back over to the uh, text line, the country-pleasing text line. Tim says, Matt, after two games, what is your assessment of Barbe's offense? Well, Tim, I'm glad you asked. I'd also like to hear y'all's opinions as well. Here's what I think. After two games, they have done a nice job as a staff installing the the guts of that offense, which is the run game, sort of a power run game, as you know, as well as the zone schemes that are a part of it as, as well. They have done a nice job putting it in. Now, again, you're two games into it. You haven't trotted it out there yet against an SEC front. You're going to get that shot this weekend, um, but. You know, to, to to have a guy like Woody go out there and go for 130, 140 yards against a front like Arizona's is a pretty good sign. Now, again, if you go get 100, he go gets 130 or 140 against somebody like LSU, that's more than a good sign 
that's a good omen. I mean, that's a that is um, that is all of a sudden you start selling tickets. You have you're able to run the ball like that against teams like LSU. But Arizona's better. They're a power five roster, and you know you look at the first week. You had 300 yards rushing, which is if you're going to be a rushing offense, that's what you ought to do against an FCS team. Go out there and put up 300. Get a whole bunch of guys involved in it. Well, so that's one evaluation, very basic thing, where they took over an offense that was an air raid, the only true air raid left, as far as like the one the air raid that Mike Leach invented. We were the only ones running it. And running it and recruiting to it for three years. And in one offseason, a spring, a summer, and a fall camp, two games into the year, they've installed a run game. They brought in some guys into tight end position who can block. Now, you hadn't thrown it to them yet, but they can block. And these offensive linemen are knocking people around and running the ball some. Um, are they a well-tuned machine? Finally home? No. But they've done a good job of that. What I think I expected in the first two games, along with that run game, to see more of an just an automatic proficiency in throwing some deeper stuff down the field and connecting with it. That's the thing to me that I'm a little puzzled by in the first two games. So you wouldn't necessarily give them an A plus at this point. Would you give them an A? Would you give them a B plus? B, B minus? What would you do? I'm probably right around B right now after after two games. More on that. Just getting started on this Tuesday. I'm Matt. Stick around. about winning the game or even losing the game. You're going to hear about them all and get to talk about it with Matt Wyatt right here, right now. All right, back with you. Here we go. Continuing along with you here on this Tuesday. Still kind of in a little bit of look-back mode. Looking back at the weekend, still plenty to discuss. I had a question just a minute ago from Tim on the Country Pleasing text line for uh, sort of an evaluation of the new offense at State after two games here. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you can't really – and he's not asking for that, I know. You can't really evaluate somebody's team or their offense or defense or anything like that after just a couple games uh, when it's a, a new staff together that hasn't coached together before. And going through that for the first time, along with these players, and sort of the drastic transition that it is from what it was to what it's going to be. You've gone from you didn't do hardly anything but throw the ball to in the first two games you hadn't done hardly anything but run it. So they've done a good job moving over and being able to step out here and push these first two opponents around and run the ball some. But uh, they they have not been able to produce the um, well, I, I say have not. I mean, you got touchdown passes, right? And uh, in, in both games, and in the past game has worked some for you, and the completion percentage is there. So when it has been in the air, it's really efficient. It's just it hasn't. One thing that hasn't come along with this early run game in two games 
is the ability to get some one-on-ones and pump it down the field and really threaten the defense down the field. That hasn't quite happened yet. So that just shows you, I think, how far uh, they have to go. Now, over here on the Murray West live thread, Cliff says uh, on Facebook, what happened to all the play action we were told we were going to be doing? It just feels like we've gone from the air raid to the anti-air raid, as in no passing. Well, I would say there's a whole lot of play action in there. And, and Cliff, so I, I, I don't I, – I certainly don't mean to um, patronize you if this is something you know, but obviously play action meaning there's some sort of fake in the ball handling there before the, the – it's not straight drop back, meaning like I could be in the shotgun as a quarterback and I catch the shotgun snap and I put it – you know, I extend the ball to a running back or I show it to the defense on one side or I turn it as if I'm on a hand to try to hold linebackers or move safeties and then I flip and throw. So there's actually been a lot of that in there. So there's plenty of play action. It's just, like you say, running it hasn't yet been accompanied by giving you the opportunities down the field and actually hitting them. They, they took one opportunity down the field that they missed on the one-on-one posts, so they had that opportunity in game one, just missed the throw. Um, they did have the opportunity on the wheel route to create Whittemore in, in week one, hit that, about a 30-some-odd-yard play, right? Um, you had another 50-yard pass play, but I think that was a screen and a run, wasn't it, to uh, to Woody Marks? And then uh, they had a, you know, a, you know, a deep over – Route open early in the game to Tulu this past week and missed him there. He was kind of open in space, but but not a lot of vertical stuff. And that's the other thing too is there's not been vertical stuff middle of the field, and so maybe all that stuff's to come. Okay, so you know jury still out, yes, but really more so they just they two games they hadn't run just a whole ton of plays. Um, so we got to see a lot more before we're able to you know really say. And that's why I said. You know, probably just a B. It's not like they've come out and scored 60 points in both games, right? So, um, but but they've done some good things for sure, uh, for sure. Speaking of doing some good things, um, I didn't have this in time for you to hear it yesterday, so you can hear it now. Here are a few radio highlights from states win over Arizona from Neil Price. Compliments of Learfield who uh, handles the broadcasts for Mississippi State on the radio. So these highlights from Learfield of State's win over Arizona with Neil Price on the call. See what you think. State with four along the line. They bring four after Delora. Straight drop. Throws. Batted. Intercepted. Mississippi State. Fuki Watson off the deflection. Left to right across the 50 and tackled in Arizona territory at the Wildcats 49-yard line. They've got two receivers left, one right, tight and flexed off the left side. DeLar out of the gun, takes a snap, loads up, throws, intercepted. Jet Johnson down the right sideline, 30, 20, Jet to the 10, Jet dragged down near the five-yard line. Wiley, the running back, left of DeLara in the gun. State's coming after DeLara. Loads up, pumps, throwing deep. His man is bracketed. That ball is... Intercepted by Mississippi State at the Arizona 48-yard line. Sean Preston, one of two back in coverage, makes the play. Delara. 
fakes a throw. Now he'll turn loose of it, and his receiver gets popped. Ball's loose. State's got it on the run at the 20. Ahead to the 30, 35, 40. Hunter Washington scoops it up, and Hunter gets tackled near the 45-yard line. State's defense doing the old rope-a-dope. Run 19 plays, will turn you over anyway. Sean Preston forced the fumble. Hunter Washington scoops it up, and State's going to have it just shy of midfield when play resumes. Delora takes a snap. Flushed out of the pocket. Sidearm throw on the run, deflected, intercepted by State. Jet Johnson off the pick. Johnson running right. He'll get tackled at the 39-yard line. State's defense comes through with a huge play. And it's Johnson with his second interception of the night. Rodgers takes a shotgun snap. Pump fake, drops it under the middle. Complete to Pittman. Pittman with room down the right side, 20. Jeffrey Pittman, 10, 5, touchdown! Jeffrey Pittman! State strikes first in overtime. Here is the game. After review. The runner's elbow down was down with the ball short of the 15-yard line. He did not reach the line again. What is the ball game? Wrap it in maroon and white. So those calls from Learfield when they voice of the Bulldogs, Neil Price on the call. And um, boy, the crowd sounded good on the radio broadcast, apparently, huh? <laughs> yeah, uh, Neil's really good at his job. Really good. You know, and not only the emotion and stuff that kind of goes along with the nonverbal communication of what's happening in the stadium, but if you listen to Neil call a game, you're getting the game. If he tells you where the ball is, that's where it is. If he tells you someone's got it, they've got it. And uh, he's able to match that. He's very, very good at what he does. And state fans that listen to the games on the radio really are fortunate to have Neil Price calling your games. Uh, J-Rock on the Country Pleasing text line says... Uh, Coach Croom says, what's wrong with running it 40 times, passing it 15? A win is a win. <laughs> well, you know, the last part, look, J-Rock, a win is a win. <laughs> For sure. Uh, Bull texts the show, and he says, it's awful, Matt. That team needs a football program taken away. I'd never heard of the other school either. Okay, so you're talking about the fight, the Delta State deal? Okay. I, I like you say I don't I ain't even heard of them, uh, Chowan or Chowan I don't know how you say it. I, Melissa on Facebook on the Murray West live thread sent me a link and so during the break I'm gonna click that and watch it and because I hadn't seen it but apparently there was some sort of brawl with Delta State and they called the game. Uh, Quint he texts the show in the country pleasing text line says with State relying heavily on the run and play action pass it seems hard for Will to get in a groove. Do you agree? Yeah, there is a rhythm aspect uh, for quarterbacks. And I will say that, you know, it's why historically you've seen a lot of quarterbacks that when they get in that two-minute drill, right, at the end of a half, hurry up, no huddle, into the half, two-minute drill at the end of a ball game, you'll go, well, boy, where did this come from, right? Well, sometimes it's just simply about, They've now had a chance to get two or three throws in a row, and it's like loosening the old oil can up. You know, you kind of get in a little bit of a rhythm. And, and yeah, so there's definitely an element of that, and that's something I think Will's got to get used to. However, I will tell you, Quint, in a typical ball game, you know, nine times out of ten, 
in a typical ball game. You're going to run them more offensive plays than just 56 plays. And when you do that, you're going to for sure throw it more than 17 times. But, you know, you won't if it's not successful. That's the thing about it. You know, it's sort of, it all works together. Um, Chris texts the show and says that he feels like that you have to get Tulu, Xavion, Creed, and J-Rob uh, 15 touches a game to open up the offense. Is that number high? You're talking about combined, Chris, because, you know, well, touches, okay, so that would include handoffs. You know, there's no way you got four guys that are going to get, you know, 15 touches each, and that doesn't include your running back. Um, it'd be great if you could, but I don't think you're doing that. Now, I also think, really, Chris, I disagree because I would say more than that. If we're looking at that group of players, Tulu, Xavion, Creed, Justin Robinson, that group combined of those four players, you know, they're, they're going to have to have, you know, a, a, a good number of combined touches not 15 each, not typically anyway. Seldom is that going to happen. Ronnie gives him a C minus <laughs> on the play calling. He ain't happy with it. <laughs> All right, more of your comments coming up. To everybody that's on the Murray West live thread coming to you, Cliff and Mississippi Barbecue Trail and Todd and Jimmy and everybody. And also on the text line, got the phone lines open too, so give me a shout on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment, Madison Ann and Jackson. You're a Kubota dealer. Stick around. Let me uh, give you just a little stream of consciousness here of the my thought process, what was going through my head, sort of in, in what order, and then I'm going to give you reverse order. Based on a text message I just got on the country-pleasing text line from Possum Neck Joe, all right? He texted in uh, about Mississippi State's schedule and said that he didn't think State was going to win any road games in the SEC, all right? Uh, or or any road wins for state. He didn't see any on the schedule. Road wins, so it got me thinking. Well, and I immediately my first thought was, well, if you have 272 yards of offense in four quarters like state did against Arizona, then no, you're not going to win any road games with that. You definitely got to have more offense than that, <clears throat> you know. Um, and then I thought, okay, well that was against Arizona. You know, 272 yards of offense against Arizona in the in the four-quarter regulation. What about Arizona? I wonder how good they really are. And then I thought, well, I wonder what Arizona's schedule is. So based on what I know, I wonder how many more games they're going to win on their schedule. <laughs> so I looked up Arizona's schedule. And there's two things about this. One, <clears throat> I realize we just played them. To this point, I probably should have looked up Arizona's schedule at some point earlier. I just haven't. This is the first time I'm looking at it. And two, y'all know that, and, and feel free to shame me, and even if you're sincere, 
If even if you sincerely want to shame me for this, go ahead. I'll just have to stand here and take it because the truth is I have not looked at and kept up with any polls. I think they're silly and stupid. And for a couple of years now, I've taken the stance that if I'm going to look at it and genuinely, sincerely think, this doesn't make any sense. When we've got this playoff and now soon we're going to expand the playoff and we're doing these preseason polls before anybody plays, and it's coming from media that they couldn't tell you what inside lead is if you put a gun to their head. You know, so why am I paying attention to any of these preseason polls? So I stopped looking at them, and I honestly have not looked at polls. So those, here's why I'm telling you all that, is because I look at Arizona, who we just played at State, at their schedule, and they've got UTEP this week hosting them, who they should beat, and then they go to Stanford, who they'll have an excellent chance to beat. Maybe they will, maybe they won't, but they'll have an excellent chance to beat them. And let's just say, what if they did win those next two, Arizona? It'd be a three and one start to the year for them. But do you realize then they have a stretch of hosting, listen close now, according to the ESPN schedule. Then they have a stretch of hosting eighth ranked Washington, going to fifth ranked USC, going to 23rd ranked Washington State hosting 16th-ranked Oregon State, hosting 24th-ranked UCLA, going to 18th-ranked Colorado, hosting 12th-ranked Utah before going to Arizona State for the final game of the year. Now, did you hear all that? So they have us from... Now, this is current rankings... All these teams could lose a bunch of games and not be ranked when they play them or be ranked differently. But I'm just saying, as of right now, after two weeks of football, Arizona's about to play two unranked, UTEP and Stanford, one at home, one on the road. And then they have a run of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight opponents that they've got ranked in the poll. I assume that ESPN and their schedule is using the, the AP poll, probably. But they got all those teams ranked. They got Washington ranked eighth from the Pac-12, USC ranked fifth, Washington State ranked twenty-third, Oregon State ranked sixteenth, UCLA ranked twenty-fourth, Colorado ranked eighteenth, and then Utah ranked twelfth. Seven in a row, all of them in the top twenty-five rankings as it is right now, <laughs> for whatever it's worth. So, <laughs> either that, what's left of that conference in its final year as a conference has, you know, some pretty good teams in it, or the rankings are bogus, but it can't be somewhere in the middle. And Arizona, let's just say those teams continue to, some of them anyway, uh, surely they're going to beat each other up. I mean, but there's some teams that these polls think highly of that are in front of Arizona. So if, they're, if they are improved, uh, they got opportunity in front of them for sure. I just didn't realize that that many what's left of the Pac-12 teams uh, were that highly thought of this year. I just I honestly didn't realize that. Now, now Possum Neck Joe, his comment was, Matt, I don't see a single road win on Mississippi State's schedule. And uh, we can look and see. What I said was, not if, you, not if you play four quarters of offense like they did against Arizona. 
they only State only had 272 yards of offense at the end of regulation. Got it up over 300, just barely over 300 with a couple of plays in overtime. But road, you're talking about road wins, and so we got one next week at South Carolina. It is a winnable game, but you got to go up there in front of their crowd and play at night and, and all that stuff. So South Carolina on the road, Arkansas on the road, Auburn on the road, A&M on the road. Well, maybe they won't. You know, Possum Neck Joe, here's what I'll say. You know, you know, maybe they don't win any road games. But if they don't win any road games this year, it means State's not a very good team. That's what it'll mean. Because those are the more winnable SEC games you've got. South Carolina, Arkansas, Auburn, A&M. That's a bunch of beatable teams now. And I know you got to go to their place, but they are beatable. And with a veteran team like State who's been there, done that some, it's just hard for me to believe that they go through that stretch of winnable road games and not win at least one of them. <laughs> Does that make sense? That's my opinion on it. So we'll see what happens. D. Manning texts the show and says, Tulane would have been a 20-point favorite against Arizona, in my opinion. What do you think? Huh, well, maybe so. Maybe they would have been a 20-point favorite. I, now, with, you, with their backup quarterback at, at Tulane, I don't think they would have beaten Arizona by 20 points. What do you think? Anybody want to put their name on that? Anybody out there want to put their name on the idea that with their backup quarterback, Tulane would have beaten Arizona by 20 points? Huh? I hadn't heard anybody yet. Yep. What about you, Beaver? Sure, Matt White, if you're challenging people to put their name on it, the Mississippi State homerness, yeah, sure, I'll put my name on it. Okay, Beaver says, Beaver says with his name on it, that with their backup quarterback, Tulane would have beaten Arizona by 20 points. Maybe. <clears throat> Maybe. Uh, let's see. Jason in Flagstaff, Arizona, he texts the show, and he says, I, I truly think and hope state fans are kind of missing what's happening with the offense. He said, don't look now, but state's already established a 100-yard-a-game running back, uh, almost 500 rushing as a team in two games. Sooner or later, that's going to lead to play action being open. Uh, yeah, And it should. Yeah, I mean, it definitely should. It definitely should. Um, Tommy texts the show, country pleasing text line. He says, Matt, how is State going to stop LSU quarterback from running 20 yards on every other play like Arizona did? That's a really good question. How do you stop that? You know, uh, you know, there's part of you that thinks, you know, maybe having that experience week after week, you know, can help you with just sort of like where you got to be and spacing and, and that sort of thing. Um, the the biggest thing is responsibility in your pass rush, especially when it's four, when you're rushing four, and that is there's sometimes ways you can get penetration, but it gets you out of your responsibility and just opens things up. He's gonna make you miss, and here he goes. So, whatever lane you've got to run to, you got to be in that lane. You can't take an easy route. And when you get there, you got to wrap up. 
you know, one thing State's front can do better, too, is get its hands up when you don't get there, right? Understanding when you are penetrating and need to pressure and when you aren't. And when you aren't, get your eyes on a quarterback get your hands up. Make it hard for him to throw him through your throw through your arms. Do that more often, and every now and then you may get a batted ball and get a, get a turnover or a tip drill or something like that. All right, on the Murray West Live thread on Facebook, Todd says, Matt, it seems to me that we should go ahead and line up four wides whenever we're going to pass the ball. We really did not have a tight end capable. Well, Todd, but you got to think about this too. You can't, if you're going to be a certain type of offense, you can't go out and be that simple to understand for the defense, right? I mean, just think about it. You can't be an offense who the defense can go, hey, look, anytime they run four wides out there, they're throwing a ball. You can't do that. If you're going to use tight ends for blocking in the run game, they must be on the field during your pass game because you cannot tip to a defense what you're doing. So it's just never that simple. Jimmy on the Murray West live thread said, Cole Kublik and Roman Harper have a good new show on the SEC Network. It's on Mondays, and they had Jet Johnson on last night. Jet did a great job. I, I saw a clip of that, Jimmy. And Jet sort of told what was going on on that first play that he made this tackle for loss in fourth quarter that led to a field goal in the first play of that sequence. He actually pointed out that it was a blitz call that got him over there, which is pretty cool. You'd never know that unless you were in the huddle. All right, hour one in the books. Hour two coming up. Stick around.